everyone and welcome to another edition of Fortune Hill Game. I'm Yosin Center and a lot's happened over the last two weeks. I'm going to start with the Chiefs game and in that why the Ravens are really, really good as well as what Mahomes has been doing and why he cannot keep it up for long. I'll also talk about the Buccaneers game. What the Ravens finally did, something which they hadn't done in two years. I'll do the playoff picture on the Orioles' new manager. Yes, you heard me correctly. The, the Orioles have found someone to drive the ship in Baltimore. All coming up and much, much more on sports with Yosef. So the Ravens going to Kansas City. A dynamic offense led by Patrick Mahomes. A dominant defense on the Ravens. A run-first offense for the Ravens. And a very dynamic, exciting quarterback to watch in Lamar Jackson. Joe Flacco. He was cleared to play. But he was inactive. But the Ravens played well. They did a great job, though, against a position which has been their nemesis for years, the tight ends. And when you talk about why they've not been good against the tight ends, it comes down to not having good enough safeties. Eric Weddle, he's lost his tap. He's not able to cover as well. The Ravens have never been good at linebackers and covering. They're good against They're decent in the zone, but their linebackers are good against the run. They blitz well, but they just can't cover well. And the safeties, and especially Eric Weddle, he can't cover for his life. He's a step behind on everything. He's been dropping some passes. He's not been making the interceptions which he used to make. His, the defensive and just football IQ is still there, but he is definitely a liability if you have him on man-to-man coverage. The Ravens did a good job with Kelsey. Kelsey did have a touchdown, but really after the first quarter, he had virtually nothing. The Ravens just did a really good job. And the Ravens also did a really good job against the Chiefs on pressuring Mahomes. They got a lot of pressure against him. They were forcing him out of the pocket. They were forcing him to make throws that are not considered that are not considered normal in the NFL. And he was completing them. But the Ravens did a great job. They were forcing him off his step. They got to him a couple of times. They had three sacks. So not the worst day for the Ravens. And pressuring Mahomes. But Mahomes... And I teased this in the beginning. He's so crazy. He makes dynamic throws off the back foot. He throws with the other hand. He throws the no-look pass. But it's not sustainable. And he's kind of like Brett Favre, where you saw Brett Favre doing this at the beginning of his career. He's making throws. And for an example, he's going out. Even at, He's doing it to both sides and going outside the pocket sometimes even outside the numbers, and throwing into the middle of the field. And that's a recipe for disaster at any level. You're really not in control of where the ball's going. And I understand Mahomes has got a strong arm, but he can't keep it up. He is getting lucky. The Chiefs are subsiding with this Patrick Mahomes offense on just having Mahomes chuck it up. Chuck it up to Kelsey. Chuck it up to Hill. And it's been working. It's been working. That's what's made this offense so much fun to watch in Kansas City, but it's not going to keep on working. It's bad fundamentals, and if I'm Andy Reid, in the offseason, I'm working on teaching Mahomes to be a pocket passer. And granted, some of his throws and some of his good throws are in the pocket, but the throws that everyone is watching, it that's the throws that are just not normal. Bad fundamentals, 
bad cubic mechanics and when you have the things and you've seen this before you have young fans mimic what the players at the top levels are doing you're starting to see players who are miming Stephen Curry and do his thing we're starting to see that coming into the NBA and college basketball but we're going to be seeing Patrick Mahomes style offense pretty soon because it's fun to try to do those. It's fun to throw with both hands and to make those crazy plays, but it's not sustainable for Patrick Mahomes. If I'm Andy Reid, you've got to just figure out how to stop that because you're asking for an interception, which he did throw. He, the interception he threw against the Ravens, it was a toss-up ball. Pat, Patrick Mahomes, he was on the right side. He was throwing across the field to the left, maybe 15, 20 yards down the field. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were in the area. There were four Ravens defenders there. And yes, Mahomes can't get a completion every time on those plays. And Chuck Clark, easy interception. It was right to him. So that's my thoughts on Patrick Mahomes. But the Ravens, they were unable to stop the crucial plays on those plays. There was a fourth down and nine with a minute to go. And they just completely gave it up to Tyreek Hill on a deep ball. Bad coverage. It was a zone coverage. Mark Weddle, we talked about how his, his game has been going down a step. He was a step late getting there. And Tyreek Hill had a big run to get it going and to set up that touchdown to tie it up at the end of regulation. There was a third down and 19 chuck up to Tyreek Hill, which the Ravens were unable to stop. And then there's a fourth down of three. You've got seconds left on the clock. Mahomes to his guy out of the backfield. Fourth down and three. It was Spencer Ware, I believe, with the touch. No, Spencer Ware, Damian Williams, I forget who. Touchdown and tied up at the end. And the Ravens' game plan, though, on the bright side, it did work. The Chiefs, they knew what was coming almost every play. They knew they were going to run the football. And yet. It worked. Let's take a look at, at the stats for Lamar Jackson. He had a 54.2 completion percentage, 147 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. His best quarterback rating of his young NFL career of 100.5. So he was good, but the throws weren't all there. And they were running the football a lot, and the Chiefs still couldn't stop it. But, and one reason was Kenneth Dixon. Kenneth Dixon had been, has been getting more and more reps in this offensive game plan. He's got fresh legs, which really helps... And if I'm honestly thinking right now as a coach, watching what Kenneth Dixon can do with fresh legs, he's tearing up defenses. He's a level beyond where everyone else is. Imagine what it would be like if you could keep a running back till the end of the season and have him come in. It would really be an interesting experiment to try if you've got a, like something that you keep him on the practice squad, something someone who had been doing really well in training camp, and you're like, yeah, we're bringing you up at the end of the season if someone goes down at any position, and then you become a big carrier, and it worked, but Chris Moore dropped a pass in the end zone for the Ravens on the downside for that offense, it was good defense on the play, it wasn't the greatest of throws, Cyrus Jones though, and the special teams made some great plays for the Ravens, a great punt return to give momentum back to the Ravens offense late in the game, it set up the go-ahead touchdown, 24-17, and... When you think about this Ravens team, and for such a long time, the greatest player on the team has been Justin Tucker, and we got to see why last week. Harrison Butker, he missed a field goal at the end of regulation, which would have won it for the Chiefs, and he missed an extra point of field goal, I forget which, 
earlier in the game, and it's such a pleasure just watching Justin Tucker make it. He's Mr. Automatic. But he wasn't enough for the Ravens this time, as in the overtime, Lamar got injured. RG3 came in as his replacement, as like we said, Joe Flacco wasn't active, and it went okay. He threw a good play on the last play of the game to Willie Sneed. It was a good, accurate pass, and there was no flag on the play. It was definitely passing interference. He definitely held back Willie Sneed. And the Ravens, they should have won that game. They were ahead. They had momentum. And they just weren't able to hang on. I mean, they just they did a great job with the stats. And just overall, keeping the ball. Lamar's not throwing an interception now for two consecutive games. Which has been very good to see. And just the Ravens have got to keep on building on this. But, the, the, when, but Joe Flacco was inactive. And John Harbaugh after the game. Said that, yes, he was cleared to play, but he they weren't able to get the offensive game plan. And I've got a question to you. What was the whole thing that we were hearing from John Harbaugh? Oh, he's a veteran. He, he Joe Flacco doesn't need to practice to play. Well, he, did, he practiced even a little bit, and he didn't play. What was going on there? My theory is that the Ravens were planning on sending him, him to IR after the Chiefs game, and... Because Harbaugh opened his mouth and said something which he shouldn't have said in saying that, yeah, he was clear to play. They were unable to, and he was the backup for the Buccaneers game. And early on in the Buccaneers game, the Ravens were getting very fortunate. The Buccaneers were missing plays. They were getting drops. They were just unable to connect. But the running game was very good early for the Buccaneers. And uncharacteristically for the Ravens, it was not good early for the first three drives. Marty... After a couple of bad runs, he got past happy. Something we saw with Joe Flacco, or you ended up seeing Joe Flacco throw the ball 50 times a game. On the third drive, though, Lamar Jackson fumbled on a wet snap. The, it was raining. The field was really wet. The ball was wet. And the Buccaneers took over, went down the field, and scored. Peyton Barber ran it in for the touchdown. And then the Ravens went back to the run game. They were... Great after that, they ran all day long after that. Lamar Jackson did throw the ball decently well, though. 131 yards, a touchdown, 60.9 completion percentage. That's his highest of his NFL career, a rating of 91. But what the Ravens just did, they dominated after those first three drives. And they were just knocking the Buccaneers off the ball. There was a fourth down and one inside the 10 where the Ravens, they went for it. And they did. They faked the jet sweep to, oh, I believe it was Buck Allen, who was coming in motion. Lamar Jackson looked like he was going to throw that, and he just ran right up the middle. But when you saw the offensive linemen on the play, they were manhandling. They were just manhandling. The Buccaneers' defensive line, the Ravens did a good job there. We talked about the bad weather conditions. Well, it was bad Cyrus Jones. He made a horrible decision. He let it pound, but bounce. realized it was a horrible decision to let it bounce. He tried to pick it up. He, he touched the ball, wasn't able to recover it. Buccaneers recovered it. And the Ravens were able to hold him to a field goal. But Lamar throwing the ball wasn't that bad. He did have a great 
job on a two-minute drive, and it was a situation where I thought if they're bringing in Joe Flacco, here will be the time. You got about a minute, third, a minute, what was it, a minute 50 left on the clock. Lamar Jackson's a wet day. You see he's not been able to hold on to the ball well. But no, they kept Lamar in, and it worked. Eight plays, 63 yards, a minute 39 off the clock, and ended with a field goal. But Lamar Jackson, he's become really good at throwing the pass between the hash marks. Really good to see. Ravens dominated time of possession again, and the defense, it finally did something which had it done for so many years. It made a stop late. It won a defensive stop late in the season, late in the game. But Marlon Humphrey, he's he was great. He had some great coverage. He had some big hits. He had a pick, actually. And it was really good to see how good he's playing. He's become a, such a good cornerback. And, a, and a really, starting next year, I would say, he could become one of the best cornerbacks in football. He's been playing at a phenomenal um, level for the Baltimore Ravens. And he's been the best cornerback on the team. Someone else has been playing really good, Orlando Brown. You've not heard his name at all. He's not been flagged. He's been doing a great job. You've not heard Jerry Sandusky or the TV play-by-play say his name because he's done something wrong. He's let the guy come at the quarterback. No, he's done a great job. And I think it comes because they were, they've been running the football. And he's been able to use his strengths of just pushing up in the face of the defense. But there was a noticeable thing that went wrong for the Ravens. There was a lack of energy at the beginning of the game. And... That's something that Ravens just cannot do. They just they didn't have energy after the Saints game. They didn't have energy after the Chiefs game coming out. And that's just something that's got to be fixed. And that could be a coaching thing. I'm not that sure what has been up with that. But the Orioles, they got a manager, Brandon Hyde. He's the 20th manager in club history. He was with the Cubs for a while, Mike Elia uh, said. To quote him, after conducting an intensive search, I believe we have found our, the ideal leader for the next era of Orioles baseball. Hyde, he's 45, and uh, he said today, mon- on Monday, on December the 17th, he's thrilled to be here. He spent nine seasons with the Marlins organization. He's been with the Cubs for a long time. He's been he's been in the majors. Um, 16 professional seasons in the coaching ranks and he's a good guy to have there was all, all the rumors whether it was going to be him and it is him and the Ravens are going to have a good guy there to lead this clubhouse let's take a look at the playoff picture where the Steelers they beat the Patriots in a huge win which will not help the Ravens the Ravens now have to win out to make the playoffs or have the Steelers lose twice and the Ravens win only for the Ravens to win once or tie actually for the Steelers for the Ravens to make the playoffs but the Patriots interesting scenario here if the Ravens win the division they will likely be the three seed if the Patriots lose one of their games there will be interesting to see what happens there right now the Ravens are matched up to play the Patriots in Foxborough the Chargers they clinched the playoffs as did the Chiefs as have the Saints and Rams they both clinched a bye and the bear I'm so, sorry, the Rams have not clinched a bye. The Bears, they clinched their division. The Colts and Titans are both 8-6, same as the records. The Ravens, they're in the hunt, as are the, the Eagles. Redskins are both 7-7. Seven seven. They're in the hunt for the NFC wild card. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm sorry I had to cut it short. This computer is about to die, and I want to be able to save this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you'll listen next time.